New Year, new series. This is going to be fun. Let me explain to you why we're doing what we're doing. We're, we're starting a three-week series called Seated. Today also starts a, a season of 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm going to talk you through all that so you don't panic. Because some of you are like, what? I already had breakfast. I've already failed. No. So for 21 days, we're going to do this, season, this series called Seated. We're going to read the scripture in just a minute that it's from. It's from Ephesians chapter 2. Because I really feel like what God told me was this year, the gathering, I mean, we have been through a season, y'all. Like, we're not unique. I'm sure other churches would say the same thing, but we have been through it. Some of y'all are like, I'm still, I'm, I'm between the I and the T. I'm still in it, right? Um, it's just been a season. And it's been one of those seasons where it would be really easy to just get in the corner and rock back and forth and say, God, we're done, right? But he says, no, this is a year that we proclaim that he's going to start to move us out. We've already got some ideas, practical ideas that we're going to encourage you to do as we move out from here, out to the city, out to where you work, out to where you go to school. You're going to start to use your, your voice, literally your voice, not just wearing a Christian t-shirt, but literally proclaiming the good news of what he has done, right? We read this verse last week. Matthew chapter 10, verse 27 says, what you hear me, what you hear whispered in secret, proclaim from the rooftops. And so we're going into a season, three weeks, where we just want to sit. We want to listen. We want to empty ourselves of food or social media or somebody in the back had this suggestion. I vetoed it immediately. But they were like, I want to take, I want a 21-day fast from parenting. I don't want to name names. He's sitting right over here. And I just had this vision of all of y'all going home today and all your kids still being here. And, you, and I'd be like, what's happening? You're like, we're, we're fasting from our kids. I don't think that's God, right? So, actually, let me rephrase. I know that's not God. So, but, but whatever. So people get hung up on the fasting thing. Like, does that mean I can't eat for 21 days? If God says that, right? I will tell you this. Last year, for the first time in my life, I did a three-day water-only fast. I, I don't want to ruin it for you if you ever want to do that. It was the worst three days of my life. Like, it was awful. I mean, I had headaches. It was bad. And, but boy, on day four, I take that back, on day three in the evening after I had broken my fast, the things that started to shake and break off in our life, it's amazing, right? But I would never do that if God didn't say do it, right? So if he said step off of social media, then do that. If he says don't eat sugar, then don't eat sugar. He told me to fast from green vegetables. I said, yes, Lord. <laughs> That doesn't count because I hate green vegetables. But the point of fasting is that you give up something physical to make room for something spiritual. Okay? In the Bible, every time fasting is mentioned, it is about food. Just making sure you know that. So when people say, do a social media fast, you're not going to find that in the Bible. Like, you will not find Twitter in the Bible. But the principle of giving something up to make room for something else, that's, really, that's very valid. And we don't want to do anything this year. And I, and I don't want to scare you. <laughs> well, if you're still here after what we just went through, you're good, right? I mean, your head might be going like, what's happening? This is so different. 
We believe that God is moving our church out in warfare over our city. Not to fight our city, but to fight for our city, right? Well, I don't want to go out if I'm not first settled in here about who I am, where I am, what I'm called to do. So this first series is all about that, seated. If you're a note taker, you're going to love this. If you're not a note taker, I've already prayed that you would become a note taker. So get a piece of paper and a pen or use your note app because there's a lot in here that I need you to write down. But let's start with the word of God. Will you stand as we read this? This is a big section of scripture, so I, I, we just made one slide. If you're watching online, good news, you're not going to see my face for about five minutes while we read this passage of scripture, but I'll be back. I'll be back. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. I know those words are gray and it might be hard to see, but I'll read it for you. Here's what it says. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. I don't have time. I could preach all these verses. Man, if you're disobedient, there's a spirit at work in you that you don't want to be a part of. Verse 3, all of us also lived among them at one time. Gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ. This is our verse for the series. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that we may sit back and smoke cigars. No, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do, to do, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God, I'm praying over the next few weeks that, that you would help us to unpack this passage of Scripture. Man, there's so much. It's so rich, God, about who you are. But it says so much about who we are and where we are. And I pray that this would be the foundation for everything that you want to do through the gathering in 2023. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. You got your notepad out, whatever it is. I want you to write a couple things down because um, so I'm, I am, I think the official title for me is wordsmith. Do you know what that means? It means I'm never happy with the words that I picked. It means I say some, I write something, I'm like, oh, I think I can say that better. So what ends up happening is, like, I'm the guy who has, like, 20 mission statements. 
Because the first one was good for five minutes. I got bored with it. I came up with another one. Well, how about this one? Oh, I like this one. And, you know, like, it's just this is the way I'm, I'm wired. So when I started thinking about seated, I was like, so where we sit matters. Where we sit matters. And here's why. Because where we sit determines our purpose, our perspective, and our power. That's good. It was good for five minutes. And then I came up with this. Where we sit determines what we hear, what we see, and what we do, which ironically is purpose, perspective, and power. I was like, that's fantastic. And then I came up with this. Aren't you glad you're not me? That's why you're taking notes. And this is where we're going we're gonna to stick. Where we sit determines our identity, our destiny, and our activity. Because our identity is shaped by what we hear. You no good loser. You'll never amount to anything. That person grows up to be a no good loser who never amounts to anything. Our identity is shaped by what we hear. It changes our destiny because we are led by what we see. I don't know if you know that or not. Do you know that you're actually physically created by God to move toward what you're looking at? Isn't that weird? Focus matters, and it, it determines our activity because we're motivated by what works. We're created to do works. So when we know where we're seated, seating, then we know what to do. Today, we're just going to talk about what we hear. Let me give you your big idea. What we hear, I'm sorry, what we hear depends on who we're near. What we hear depends on who we're near. So you already know this. Everybody take a deep breath. <sighs> I already agree with the pastor. You already know this. You've, you've been in situations where you were trying to pay attention to something happening over there and you couldn't pay attention to it because somebody near you was talking. Parents, don't raise your hand. We don't want to make kids feel bad. But you've actually, from time to time, wanted to say things in your car like, be quiet. Because you're trying to listen to something else and all you could hear was them. Right? As a matter of fact, let's just try this out. You should never do experiments that you've never tried before, but this will be fun. Um, I just need a volunteer. You don't have to come up here yet. <laughs> oh, I don't know. You want to do it? Okay, I just need you to leave. I mean, not there. Like, not out. The, just go to the back. I just need you to go sit. Um, where's the, I need a, the most rambunctious section of the room. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's over here. Yeah, Natasha, I saw her. Yeah. But rambunctious is a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. So I just need Mike to go over there. And, and what we're going to do is, Mike, you're going to sit with them. And they're just going to start talking to you really loud. They're just going to get in your ear talk. Um, I mean, wow. They're, you know, what's funny is the experiment has not even started, but don't you know, don't you know that we have picked the right group of people? Haven't we? Yes, 100% we have. Um, wow. Oh, boy. So here's what's going to happen. Um, 
I'm, they're going to talk to you, and probably about whatever they want, I'm going to guess Steelers football, maybe. If y'all win today, you might be in. I'm, I would talk about the Panthers football, but they're out, so I'm keeping it covered. Um, whatever you want to talk, but I need you to talk to him, like be in his ear, talk loud, and he's just going to listen to me talk. So whenever you're ready, just go ahead and share. Just Yeah, you can, but be, you're, you're fine. You can be louder. It's whatever you want to do, because I have a microphone, so you have to outdo that probably. So, okay, good, good. Anytime. Anytime. And so while they're talking, I'm, I'm just going to come tell Cecil a quick joke. Is that okay with y'all? They're doing, they're doing great. So, Cecil. Cecil loved that joke. Did you see his shoulders start to move up and down? It was good, wasn't it? It was good. Right. So Mike, are you okay? I feel like we need to pray for Mike right now. Okay, do you mind coming up here with me, Mike? Mike's like, I've been delivered. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's that story behind the crazy. He's like, get me away from those people. Um, awesome. I just wanted you to tell the people the joke that I told Cecil. Yeah, yeah. He whispered, so I have no clue. Oh, oh, well, go back over there. I'll talk, to, I'll talk louder this time. Go ahead. Sit. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes experiments go way better than you ever thought like I, I didn't expect him to say like don't send me back right. but we can do the altar call right now right now great people love them all but yeah okay well l listen let's, let's do this one more time can y'all I mean I don't want to make you do something no, you're not comfortable with no you're fine you're fine do you mind being loud again I didn't think so. So now y'all just keep talking amongst yourselves like you were talking before, and I'll just bring, I'll bring Mike over here with me, and we'll tell Cecil that joke again. Yeah, okay. Great. I think he might have heard it that time. You see, he, he also, his shoulders were like, that's good. Now, do you remember it? Do you want to tell the people the joke? I'll do my best. Okay, do your best. Don't mess it up. It's good. I, I don't know why people get mad at lazy people. They didn't do anything. That was it. That was perfect. Thank you so much. Give Mike a big hand. Thank you so much. Give our tools of the devil, I mean, our friends over here, a, a big hand. What you hear depends on who you're near, right? So I, I didn't change the volume that I was sharing that great joke with Cecil, and they didn't change their volume. I, I think you might have gotten louder as it went on, but you know what I'm saying. Those stayed the same. The only thing that changed was that Cecil was next to me as I was talking. I mean, Mike was next to me while I was talking to Cecil. You have been seated with Christ. I want to make sure you don't miss this, right? Sometimes what we do is we just, like, start doing things for the Lord, full of activity, right? Like, we just start handing out tracts, whatever, witnessing to people. Our life is jacked up. 
And so it doesn't take long for people to realize, wait, that person that's witnessing me about Jesus, maybe they're not living for Jesus because we've rushed out to do something before we have our identity secure. So when we know who we are, we can share. We, we come from a place of strength, a place of victory. That's our foundation. Some of us don't know who we are because we're not anywhere near Jesus. I mean, you're in church. How many know that sometimes being in church doesn't guarantee that you're near Jesus? Sometimes you're not near Jesus, but you're in church. And sometimes you're in church with people who are also not near Jesus. I mean, we've assumed that if I go to church, I'm going to be near God, but not necessarily. We have to be near him. You are seated with him. And being seated near Jesus allows us to hear two things. It allows us to hear what he says and it allows us to hear what he prays. It allows us to hear what he says about us. It allows us to hear what he says about his bride. Because Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Here's some verses for you to jot down. Romans chapter 8, verse 34. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God. And is also interceding for us. We don't have time to go into all this, but you know, when Jesus said it is finished, if anybody could have kicked back in a lazy chair and said, I'm done, it would be who? Jesus. It says he was raised to life and he's at the right hand of God and is also, he still has work to do, and his work is interceding for me and for you. He's praying, he's praying for me right now as I preach. Aren't you glad? Some of you are like, Jesus, pray harder. Help Paul, right? He's praying. When you, when you work up the nerve to walk across the street and introduce yourself to your neighbor who you still don't know and you're not quite sure how to have that awkward conversation of we've been neighbors for a decade and I don't know your name. When we as a church collectively start learning who our neighbors are and our hearts are like, I mean, if anybody's an introvert like me, I'll be like sweating, like, I'm Paul, 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 mighty, mighty man of God, right? And he'll be praying for me when I do that. He lives. Hebrews 7.25, listen, he lives to intercede. The author said this, therefore he, Jesus, is able to save completely. How? Completely. Those who come to God through him because... He, Jesus, always lives to intercede for them. And he's praying for us. He's praying for the bride. He's praying that we would accomplish what he sent us to do. And I don't know how you are, like how nervous you get when you're asked to do a big task. But if you're around people who tell you that you can't do it, you're going to start to believe that you can't do it. There was this fascinating social experiment done years ago where in a workplace, they got together and picked a target. It was one of, the, one of the employees, and they decided that when he goes to sit at his desk, we will periodically throughout the day walk past him and stop and go, oh, hey, Jim. Jim, are you, are you okay? And he'd say, well, yeah, why? You just, you just kind of look sick, and they would just walk on. You know, they did that like every 30 minutes, and by lunch, he had gone home because he felt sick. 
You're influenced by what you hear. The people that you have in your head, they're the ones that are influencing you. Whether they're human or spiritual, it matters who we listen to. It matters who we are sitting with. Because who we're near determines what we hear. Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. It says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted at the gathering. Well, I mean, it doesn't say that. We want you to be planted here, but this is what his hope is for your whole life, Right? Planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. We have a choice. We can sit in the company of mockers, or we can be planted by streams of water. But we're planted, we're sitting, we're somewhere. We've taken up, we've, we're abiding in a place where we sit matters. 1 Corinthians 15, you have heard this verse until you want to throw up if you're a teenager. Bad company corrupts good morals. Every parent knows that verse, right? Every youth pastor knows that verse. And so I wasn't even going to really study that verse because, like, I know that verse. I know that verse, but I did study it, and, man, you're not going to believe what I learned. Bad company. What is bad company? Because have you ever heard the, um, the saying, show me your friends and I'll show you your... Okay, so one person has heard that. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. I heard a, um, a Christian push back on that one time and he was like, I'm, I'm not sure if that's true because Jesus was friends with sinners. Like, that's a good point, right? Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. But Jesus was friends, he was friends with sinners, and Jesus turned out okay, right? Are, are y'all there? The Greek word for company, this is the only time it's used in Scripture. But here's what it meant in society. Companionship, intercourse, communion. Okay, I know that there are kids here. So intercourse is like dialogue, talking, okay? But it's... It's conversation. It's not just who you're around. It's who you're listening to. Some of y'all work with people that need Jesus, right? And hopefully you can work with those people and they can see salt and light in your life and they can begin to change, but they'll never change if you don't just work with them, but you also listen to them because you will become like them. They will pull you down way faster than you'll ever pull them up. But not just because you're physically next to them, but because you're listening, you're dialoguing, you're communing with them. So I think the statement should be this. Show me who you're listening to, and I'll show you who you're being conformed to. Romans 12, 2 says we're supposed to be transformed into the image of Jesus. We're supposed to look more and more like Jesus, not be conformed into the world's patterns. But we get conformed by whoever we're allowing to speak into our lives. Which is why 
you know, we were just joking earlier when the loud group was talking to Mike. But what if that had actually been happening in the service? And what was being said from the platform was exactly what Mike needed so he could be set free from something he was struggling with. And he misses it because he's allowing himself to listen to people that are pulling him away from that. It happens all the time. We're being transformed into his image. So here's how we're going to end this morning. Some of y'all just heard the word end and you were like, yes, Jesus. What we hear depends on who we're near. Here's how we're going to end this morning. I want you to hear what Jesus is saying about you right now. The great thing is I didn't have to like go into a closet and please God, let me hear, just let me just hear what you're saying. It was right there in scripture. As a matter of fact, today we start 21 days of prayer and fasting. We also started a 21-day reading plan through the Gospel of John. Because follow this, there's 21 chapters in John. So you can read one chapter a day, and by the end of the 21 days, you'll have read the whole chapter, the whole book of John. It's a great book. It's probably the one gospel that talks the most about Jesus, who he is. And that's we want to know who we're sitting with, right? Don't you want to know who you're sitting with? That's why when you go to a movie theater, you don't just, like, walk in and sit right next to the stranger. Wouldn't that be weird? Go to a movie theater with, like, 200 seats, and there's three people in there, and you sit next to them. They would be like, what is your problem? Like, I, I don't have a problem. I just, it was available. The seat was available. I just want, I just want to sit right here with, right, right here. You know what, what would they do? Move. And then what would you do? Move. <laughs> and then they would call the police, right? I mean, that's how that would work. It matters where we sit, y'all. It matters where we sit. And you want to know the people that you're sitting with. We want to know each other. What I love about our church is when I'm done in a few minutes and we start eating, y'all just hang out and talk. I love that. Like you're sitting with one another. You're getting to know each other. I want you to know Jesus. I want you to hear what he's praying for you right now. And it's found in John chapter 17. I'm not going to read the whole chapter to you. It's called the high priestly prayer. It's the last thing he prayed before he went to the cross. And I would say this, that he's still praying these things because they haven't been answered yet. And we know that he always lives to make intercession for us. So, child of God, sit up a little straighter, right? Because I don't care how your last week was. I don't care all the ways that you think you might have failed and fumbled and messed up the plan of God in your life. This is what your king is praying for you right now and if you're seated with him you'll hear him pray this i've had people pray into my life like where i could hear them right and they would pray and i would be like i don't know what's happening but while they're praying i'm just like i can do this that oh oh that's good that's oh, that's that's about me yes a couple Wednesday nights ago i was like god i I just said we're supposed to pray for each other. The only reason I said it is because I wanted people to pray for me. So they did. Holy cow, y'all. Like I was a completely different man at the end of prayer that night. Just because people prayed for me and into me. And if people can do that, how much more, Jesus? John chapter 17. 
If you're taking notes, just jot these verses down. Verse 3, he prayed for us to know him and to know the Father. Verse 11, he prayed for our protection in the world, not from it, in it. Verse 12, he prayed for us to not fall away. Some of y'all, some of us, we go through seasons and it feels like we're just barely hanging on. Doesn't it? <laughs> what I used to tell God was, I'm so thankful that you adopted me, but I feel like on some days you would like to give me back. I'd like to put Paul back up for adoption to the next available family, please. And when I read verse 12, he's praying for Paul to not fall away. I think that God's listening to that prayer. Verse 13, he prayed for us to be full of his joy. I don't have time to go into all this, but man, my prayer over my life personally this year is that I would be marked by unspeakable joy. Like the kind of joy that makes people go, what is he smoking? And I should be like, Jesus wanna. Jesus wanna change your life, right? Like, I don't know. I just like, I'm just in love with Jesus and he's filling my life with joy. And what I think some of y'all are like, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. What I think is so funny about joy is that we think that joy is the end result, right? Well, if I get through all the hard things, I'll have joy. And we'll, we'll talk about this at some point. There's a verse in Peter that says that we have unspeakable joy because we haven't seen him and yet we love him. The joy that's unspeakable comes in the messy middle. He want, he's praying that we'd be full of not our joy, his joy. Verse 15, he's praying for our protection from the enemy. Verse 17, for us to be sanctified by the truth. Some of y'all don't like to read the Bible. Some of y'all just don't like to read. I get it. But some of you, like, you pick up the Bible, and you're like, the most interesting passage, you're just like, I hate this. Jesus is praying for you to be sanctified by that word. He's not condemning you because you didn't like the verse of the day. He's praying that you'll be sanctified by the truth. Verse 18, he's praying for us to be sent like he was sent. Verse 20 through 22, those verses, he's praying for us to be one. And in verse 23, he prays that our oneness, our unity would be a witness to the world. In verse 24, I love this, he wraps it all up by praying for us to be with him forever. I'm telling you, if the next three weeks you just stop, stop all the activity and just make room in your life to be seated next to Jesus and hear him pray, that's what you're going to hear. God, I don't know if I can make it. Oh, God, I'm praying for their protection in the world. Ooh, maybe, maybe I can make it. I can't stand that person at church. I'm praying they'd be one. And that them being one would be a witness to the world that you sent me. Who? God, help me love that person. Right? I, just, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to make it to heaven. I'm praying that they'll be with me forever. God, as you and I are one, I'm praying that they would be with me forever. Just like I'm with you, Father. I don't know about you. Sometimes you might ask me to pray for you, and I'm thinking, like, get a better person, right? Somebody full of faith, right? Like, 
But Jesus is praying for us. He's praying for us. And these words have to become our identity. I am somebody who's being sanctified by truth. Not, I'm somebody who doesn't understand any verse I ever read. No, you're somebody who's being sanctified by truth. That, that word is making you holy. I, I don't have any purpose in life. No, I am a person who's being sent just like Jesus was sent. I don't think Jesus ever wandered around going, what do I do now? I've got no purpose. My life is meaningless. He knew, what he, was, he knew why he came. He knew who he was here for. He knew what he was supposed to do. He's praying that we'd be the same way. Where you sit matters. And if you're not hearing these things, I'm telling you, you're sitting in the wrong seat. You're sitting in a seat surrounded by a bunch of income poops that just keep talking and talking and talking. And they're telling you things that you already know. You need to hear something different. You need to change your seat. And you need to start 2023 seated with Christ. It matters, y'all. It matters that you're seated with Christ. And I'll just say this as we go through the next couple of weeks. We'll talk more about like what we do and what we see. But if you read those 10 verses again, what you'll find out is that Jesus didn't sit us next to him so we could just kick back. We're seated with Christ so we can go do things for him. Things that he's actually prepared for us to do. He has set us up to succeed. He's like, look, I got some works for you to do, and they're going to require a specific tool, and that's you. I made you to do those works. You have to know who you are so you can go do what you're supposed to do. And it all comes from being seated. Having said that, let's stand. Did you like that? It all comes from being seated. Having said that, no. Oh, boy. I don't know why people get so mad at lazy people. They didn't do anything. It's good, isn't it? I want to pray over us that we would be seated. Listen, start this year seated with Christ. Everything we do the rest of this year flows out of that place. God, we just come to you right now in Jesus' name. I pray that you would mark us, God, by our position. We're, we're talking about proclaiming this year, but we can only proclaim what we have heard. And God, we want to hear what Jesus is saying about us. I picture Jesus looking at some of you, and he just looks and he just says, daughter. And all it took was for him to call you daughter. And your entire identity changed. Right now, he's looking at some of us. He's, he's saying, son, brother. He, he's, he's changing our identity just because we heard the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word. He's changing our identity just on what we hear him say. So, God, we are choosing to turn down the noise, remove the distractions in parts of our lives for the next three weeks so that we can hear you clearly. God, I pray you give us courage if some of us for the next three weeks are going to be around different people because we're just like, i got to get out of that seat. Give us courage to make those choices. As I read this morning, God, in the first chapter of John, you just clearly looked at men and said, follow me. God, I pray that we would have the courage to say yes to that, to just move and follow you. 
In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.